Hey there, I'm Tony Ann, and I have an overwhelming passion to help moms navigate motherhood without the overwhelm. I went from struggling with motherhood and losing my identity to being productive and living out my version of being a happy mom. On the Real Happy Mom podcast, I interview real moms and experts to help you navigate raising children, self-care, time management, and so much more. So if you're ready to get rid of the overwhelm and start being a real happy mom, join me inside the Real Happy Mom podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. Today, I have a really awesome guest, Caroline, who is going to be giving us some tips on when we're feeling drained with our kids. Now, let me tell you, I love my kids dearly, but there are some times when I'm like, please get away from me. And I just want you to know that it is okay if you are feeling like I've had enough of you or you're just really feeling drained by them because it happens to all of us. And I really wanted to make sure that we had this conversation today because supposedly there is some messaging out there that is saying in order to be a good mom, like you have to love being around your kids all the time. And that is not true. In this episode, Caroline talks to us about how she started out having her own dreams and ambitions. And then things quickly changed as she became a mother. And then as she became a um, at-home mom and In this, she learned that, you know, there are times that she just needs some time away from her kids and that she can't always be on the clock. She can't always be there for her kids all the time. So breaks are super important. Help is super important. And that is something that she really, really hammered in on this particular episode. Then she shared with us some solutions um, to help us when we are feeling drained with our kids. Because let's just be honest, there's sometimes in the moment, like you need just a minute to just relax and get yourself together. But also she provides some daily and long-term solutions that we can do to help us so that we don't get to that point where we are getting drained with our kids. And then lastly, we talked about having help because let's just be honest, we can't do it all by ourselves. And as much as people out there try to make it look like they can do everything all by themselves, it's just not something that you can do on a long-term basis. So we talk a lot about getting help and having, um, just help around the house and um, with just the day-to-day with the kids, because that is something that we don't do as much, especially here in the U.S. There is this mindset, like we got to do everything ourselves. And we really talk about how we can get help. And I really want to make sure that you get all of this wonderful goodness that Caroline shares, because this was so, so good for me. And she gave me some really good reminders on how I can do better about setting myself up so that I don't get drained by my kids. So I am not going to keep you any longer. We are going to go ahead and jump on into this week's episode with Caroline. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. I have been wanting to just have a sit down chit chat with you because I (laughs) listen to your podcast and uh, you always seem to have some really awesome topics. And in particular, there was one topic that you had about being drained by your kids. And I think that's 
one topic in particular that we don't talk a lot about because I think either one of two things, either we try to make motherhood seem like it's perfect and everything's all good and you should never like get tired of your kids. Or there's like the other side where they're just like, motherhood sucks and it's terrible, like that kind of thing. So um, I just wanted to have this conversation with you just because you really bring a different perspective to it and bring some solutions as well. But before we jump into that topic, I wanted you to share a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you again. And I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. So this is going to be a great conversation. But hi, everyone. My name is Caroline J. Sumlin. I am a educator, a speaker. Oh, I want to say that again, because I do not like when I use correct, incorrect grammar. I am an educator. This is the teacher and me coming out. I'm an educator. I am a writer. I am a speaker. I'm a podcaster um, for Christian moms and women. And I specifically help you learn how to be a good steward of your motherhood calling and pursue your dreams boldly. Um, another way that I like to put that is I help you steward your calling in the home and in the world. And what that looks like and what that means when we talk about stewardship as we talk we're talking about not only owning the calling that is motherhood because that's like that's the main that's that's the foundation right we as those of us that are moms, it should be everyone listening to this podcast. When we are so blessed to, um, to have the gift of motherhood that that has been given to us, it is a calling. It is a mission field, and our children are our work. Not like to see them as like projects, but like they are our work. They they are our our family, of course, but they are our work. We have been um, gifted and called to raise our children well, and motherhood is just a truly a beautiful gift. And so, because of, like what you just said, so much of what we what we see online in the mommyhood culture is either this like perfection of motherhood or this motherhood is terrible. And I want to redefine that narrative and work with the moms in my community to redefine that narrative that we are here to steward our motherhood calling well. And what that looks like is not being perfect, but being intentional in everything that we do, but that as women and as um, I'm faith-based. So as women and as daughters of the Lord, we are also called to other things as well. We are complex human beings and we have gifts and we have talents and we have other things that we've called to. And there's a narrative in society that makes it, that makes you feel as though you can either be a mom or you can either be like a career woman, but you can't be both. And that's just not true. And outside calling doesn't mean career. It can mean anything, but we feel as though that once we become moms, our life is kind of over. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, it's because we're not really taught how to properly manage things as moms. Like when we have kids and and when we're bringing family into the mix, learning how to manage our life with a family is an entirely different skill set that we have to learn and, and kind of hone. And there's not enough, um, there's not enough education on that in general. Yes, there's books and things of that nature, but there's not a lot of education on how to really manage our life well and other things in society that make us feel like we can't do both, whether it's just lack of help or women that have to leave their jobs because their jobs don't don't support them as moms or, you know, the fact that we don't really have as much of a village to help us raise our children anymore. And a lot of things do tend to fall on moms or moms feel guilty, right? There's that mom guilt. That's like everyone deals with, and we feel guilty for asking for help, heaven forbid, hiring a nanny, hiring a mother's helper, leaving the children with, you know, our husbands for a day to go do something that we feel passionate about or, 
whatever that may look like for, for you, I think every single mom wrestles with those feelings of mourning their past life, mourning, feeling like that person that they used to be or those dreams or those callings, or those gifts or those talents that they had are now no longer allowed to be there because their children are in the picture and they just don't see how it's possible. And I'm here to help raise awareness and educate you and help show you that it is possible, that you can go after your dreams, your ambitions, the callings that you've been called to outside of motherhood. And you can do so while being an amazing mom, while prioritizing motherhood, while keeping that mission of motherhood first, it's possible to do both well. And that's what I'm here to do. So I do that through resources, through education. Um, I no longer call myself a coach. I've, I've been called a coach before. I, I've done a one-on-one coaching, but I don't really do that anymore. More of what I do is teaching a lot of workshops, writing a lot of content, um, doing my podcast, of course, which is another way, way that I teach this um, particular topic or content or however, um, you know, speaking engagements, things of that nature to really just um, champion women in, in this in this area. So that's, that's a little bit about me. That's what I do. And I know that was a really long winded answer, but I'm just so passionate about it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to, to be here and to have this conversation with you. Yes. Yes. No, I love all of what you said, because it's like, I feel like you're my twin sister, but you have a, you have this really big fire behind it as far as your passion for helping moms, because I am totally with you too as well. And I love it. Um, the big thing that I really feel like we mirror a lot on is the whole concept of, you know, the, there's this perfect mom out there and you have to do things a certain way. Cause I will be honest with you. Um, when I first became a mom, because of what I knew and what I saw, I thought you literally had to do everything for your kids and for your spouse. Like you didn't have any time for yourself because that's all what I saw. So um, as a result, I got drained. I lost myself. I didn't know what I like to do because everything revolved around taking care of my husband, taking care of my son. And it wasn't until I did um, just some real, like looking at myself and then talking to some other moms, luckily in some Facebook communities and seeing like, you can like do whatever it is that, you know, you are called to do what you are passionate about um, and still be an awesome mom. And that's one thing that I don't see a lot of. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. But in particular, I know that moms are feeling really drained because of what has been happening with the pandemic, especially mm-hmm. since moms were, you know, home, um, because they either had to work from home or they were furloughed or what have you. Um, The pandemic really did um, (laughs) bring to light some things and make us stay home a lot. And as a result of being home a lot, we spend a lot more time with our kids, but at the same time, it can be really draining. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that and how it's okay (laughs) that it it, it happens. Like, cause I think sometimes moms are afraid to admit that because they may be perceived as a, a bad, mom, but it, it really is okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, this is something that, and I, I wrestled with this too, because when I was like, when I, well, when I was like 16, I started to really get like this desire for motherhood. And part of the reason why I didn't actually go down the career path I was originally going to go down, which was going to be journalism slash you know, I was going to be like a news anchor. You know, I, I, I pictured myself on the today show in New York and you know what I'm saying? Like they can still call me, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, I had this vision for my life, but God was like, Hey, I actually called you to motherhood. And I had this desire for motherhood. And I, I, I pivoted 
And because I had such a strong desire for motherhood, I figured once motherhood came, I would just want to be around my kids all the time. And when I finally did become a mom and I was at the time I was still working, I was still working as a teacher. I was drained by my job. I just wanted to be home with my baby. I didn't want to be going to work anymore. I hated leaving her. I hate how little time I spent with her. So I just really prayed so hard to be an at-home mom. Now I say an at-home mom, but I don't say a stay-at-home mom because I never wanted to fully stay home. I've always been a super ambitious person. I never expected myself to like be at home, but not be ha- not have some sort of work that I was doing. At the time I had a, a different business. Oh, I bumped my microphone. I apologize if you heard that guys. But I, at the time I had a, a, a different business, which was actually a physical product. And I always envisioned that I would like work, but that I would be you know, more full-time mom and part-time work versus, you know, vice versa. And that's always what I wanted. Um, of course, no one envisions like a pandemic or anything like that, you know, when they, when they become an at-home mom or when they, when they're at home with their children. So I, I say this to say that like when, when I did start staying home, which was not until my second daughter was born, I was working at the time I actually was working for a virtual assistant agency from home. And, um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing the both, but even at that time, even though I wasn't like, uh, we weren't in a pandemic, I remember starting to feel really drained and really like, oh my goodness, like I'm with these kids all day long. I mean, at the time, like, you know, when my, when both of my children were like two and newborn, like I still had both of them overlapping a nap, which was nice. But as my eldest daughter got to, you know, got older and she started to drop that nap and her needs became more demanding. She started speaking more. She started needing like, like a socialization and outlet. And I felt like I need an outlet. I felt like a hypocrite. Like I really wrestled with that. And I was starting to go into my business with helping moms. I, I, always been so good at routines and systems and getting my children to sleep and figuring out how to manage my life was easy. But I was like, why is it that I've managed my life? Well, I've got my children sleeping, you know, we're, we're on a good rhythm, but why is that I still feel drained? Why is it that I, you know, am not enjoying this as much as I thought I would, I was enjoying it. I love being with my kids. I didn't want to go back to work full time, but I was still feeling this restlessness. And I was feeling this, like this trappedness, if that makes any sense. And I felt bad about, I felt, I felt so guilty. I'm like, I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm supposed to love this. Every stay at home mom I know loves being with their kids all the time. I knew I, I, I had a desire. What happened to it? Like it's there, but it's not. And through a lot of seeking God and praying and asking him to like, help me with these emotions, I realized that this is so normal because guys, we're all individual people. Like, I think we forget that. Like we are humans. We have individual needs. We are created to be in relationship, but we're never created to be in a, like, I don't think any of us are ever just supposed to be around each other all of the time. And we're not supposed to be on the clock of life all the time. So right when you're a mom and you're at home with your kids, and your kids aren't going anywhere. At the time, my children weren't going to any sort of like, there was no Mother's Day out. There was nothing, right? And I started to think about it. I was like, well, all the other moms I know, they have their kids in like at least the part-time program. So I started to realize that, well, these kids are with me all of the time. And so I'm always on the clock. It never ends. 
when I was teaching, I at least knew I'd get off at three o'clock, you know, and then I would say bye-bye to the kids and not see them again the next morning. Like that was, that was a relief for me, even though I was working and then going home to my family, I felt re- I felt refreshed and rejuvenated enough to be with my kids because I wasn't around them all day long. And then by the time I got back to the classroom, I wasn't around those kids all day long. So I got to, there was enough of a break in there. And I started to realize like how important breaks are, how important health is, how important a village to raise our children are and how mothers in today's society have bought this lie that we are supposed to do everything ourselves and do it without help and that we're a bad mom and we have to have mom guilt if we don't like what sense does that make like it doesn't make any sense I even asked my mom like did you ever deal with this mom guilt if like you had to drop me off at daycare or you know because I was around a lot of different childcare all the time I had a single mom she's like well no it's what I had to do And if I wanted to do something, I had plenty of people I could, you know, she didn't have those issues. I don't think that existed back then. So I don't know what changed. I don't know where this messaging came from, but we really need to like dismantle it completely because it's totally, it's just, it's ruining us. It's causing so much depression and anxiety and mental, mental health problems, or I don't know if problems is the right word, but in the motherhood community and realistically, you're going to get drained by anything you do, even if you love it all the time, even if you're working your dream job, even if you are, I don't know, like I can't think of any other example, but anything that you love, if you do it 24 seven, you will get drained. It does not matter because we are created to need to, to have rhythm and flow and ebb and flow to our days and breaks here and times we're on and times we're off. Not to mention that women are cyclical beings. So it really doesn't make sense what we're tra- what we're forcing ourselves to do. So I- I'm saying all that to say, like, oh my gosh, like it's it's just so normal. And with the pandemic, yeah, that's taken so much of that away from us. And I think it's made it even more aware, made us even more aware how just how important it is for us to once we're able to do it, like. Can every single mom listening to this say, I'm going to hire whatever help I can without any questions. I'm going to put my children in whatever program I want. I'm going to hire a mother's helper. I'm going to hire a nanny because they need it. Our children need the, the outlet. They need to be around other kids. They need to have other adult mentors in their life. It takes a village to raise them. It's beneficial for them. It's beneficial for us. And there's enough of us living life as if we're supposed to be some sort of superhuman robot mom. It just doesn't exist, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree with all of those things. And in particular about doing something that you love 24-7, like you're going to get tired, you're going to get drained. And that's something that I, I really didn't think much of. But the one thing that I love is the solutions that you have. And in particular, I remember you talking about, you know, some in the moment solutions, some daily solutions and some long term solutions when you're feeling drained with your kids. So yeah. I just wanted you to to touch on some of those and, and give us some of these practical things that we can do so that we don't have to feel like this and 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 then kind of break that cycle when whenever we do notice it coming up yeah that's yeah yeah absolutely um I'm not gonna lie these probably won't match exactly what I wrote or what I said in my podcast episode because that was a while ago and I don't have my script on me but from what I can remember and what I've I've taught before um when you when you're thinking of like your short-term solutions those are going to be like when you are already feeling it. Like you're just having a day where like the drainedness is here. Like it's here. It's not going anywhere. 
One thing we need to stop doing is we need to stop trying to push through and act as if it's not there and kind of like force ourselves to carry on with our day as if we don't feel the way that we're feeling. Because all you're going to do is you're going to exasperate how you're feeling and it's going to get worse. And the worse it gets, the harder it's going to be to recover. Okay. And that's not good for your children either. We get so caught up with wanting to be perfect. And so we do things like punish ourselves, like saying, well, oh my goodness, like I can't do extra screen time today because I don't want to be a bad mom. When in reality, what's going to affect them more if you snap on them because you're having a crappy day or if they have some extra screen time that day? What's going to affect them more is if we snap on them because we're, we're feeling burned out and drained. So it's much better to just kind of like have an easier day and kind of go into a survival mode, not a survival mode where you lose control, not a survival mode where you let like all the chaos ensue, but a survival mode where you say, you know what, like we're not going to do this activity we normally do today. Anything that takes extra energy from you, if it's, you know, if you are the kind of mom that's like, you typically have like one activity you do with your, your kids a day, or maybe you're homeschooling, or maybe you guys always go to the park, but like, it's feeling like it's going to, it's just, that's too much of your energy right now. And you just need to put on a movie or you just need to like whip out a basket of activities that you've already pre-curated when you had the energy, then that's what I would say to do. Okay. Just any anything to kind of get you through the day to kind of coast, give yourself permission to sit on the couch and watch them play and just do do what you need to do and keep the bare minimum going. The bare minimum would be those nap times, the snack times, the meal times. Like, yeah, you're going to have to do those things because, you know, we know that a hungry, tired child is just like, we, that's never the answer. But um, other than that, like really just give yourself grace and kind of coast through the day with some things, some measures you've already put into place that you don't, that you know, you can rely on. So like I said, my favorite two are going to be either extra screen time or a quiet time basket, um, or like activities that you've kind of like hidden away that they've forgotten about that. Like when you know, you need something that's going to keep them quiet for a little bit, keep them occupied. You can pull these things out. Some examples of those activities might be, um, we love stickers in this house. So anytime I pull out stickers, the kids are going like, Oh my goodness, that's stickers. Yay. And they can literally just play with them forever. Um, some of that that's going to be Play-Doh for us too. So whipping out the Play-Doh is great. Um, we love things like, Oh, what is that thing called? A tangram? Like the tangram is something that barely gets played with, but when I whip it out, it's like, Oh, we haven't played with this in a while. It's a sit down activity. It's quiet. So most of these things are going to be the sit down activities, the ones that are going to, you know, um, make it so that your kids are like concentrating a little bit more, a little bit more quiet, open-ended. So you don't feel like you're just like, living in a house of chaos and the kids are running amok and they're everywhere. That's not going to help you either. So those are going to be your short-term solutions. And then your long-term solutions are, well, to kind of piggyback off of that short-term solution, a long-term solution is going to be to curate some options for your harder days. I think that's really important. Um, you know, that's going to be those activities that you can curate. Maybe you're going to print out some coloring pages that you whip out. Maybe you're going to, you know, um, browse to the target dollar spot the next time you're there and pick up a couple items every time you're there. They've got great stuff for kids. And those like inexpensive items are wonderful for whipping out at a moment's notice for like when you need something that they can do. Um, but your other long-term solutions are going to be to create routines that actually that actually cater to a rhythm of having some quiet and independent times in your day where you know that your kids have been trained to 
um, you know, be quiet, stay in their room. I don't say be quiet like they can't talk, but just have a quieter playtime, stay in their room if they're old enough. Um, of course, your younger ones, these, these can be nap times, but they can also be independent playtimes. Independent playtime can start as young as you want it to. It can be in a crib with a couple of toys and you can have a baby that sits there with toys all the way up to, you know, my two-year-old plays in her crib. She has room time in her crib every single day and my four-year-old does it in her room and they do it at the same time and I turn music on and that time I know I can count on, even though it's only going to be 30 minutes, I can count on that 30 minutes where they're in their room and I don't have to, I don't have to cater to them in that moment. So if I'm having a bad day, then I can kind of rejuvenate, but also just having that rhythm in my day every day. I'm not, I'm on, but I'm not because I'm not going to entertain them all day long. I'm going to train them to play by themselves so that they, you know, they're kids and, and, and the more that they do that, the better. So um, that's going to be more of a long-term solution as far as like your day-to-day is concerned, but then also begin looking at what solutions you have, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, what can you do if you are married? And I know that not everybody is, so I always want to be sensitive to that, but if you are married, then how can you and your husband be flipping off, like flip, flip, flip flopping, um, like duties, if you will, you know? So when can he, is there two or three days a week where, you know, when he's coming home from work, if you're at, if you're the one that's at home, it, when he's coming home from work, when he comes in, you get to go, you get to go to the store, you get to go to Panera and sit down, you get to go downstairs, upstairs, go take a shower, something along those lines. And you are not on duty from the time he gets home until the time the, the kids go to bed. If you could do that two or three days a week, that's really going to help you, um, at, you know, at least get us, get you by until the world opens back up again and you can have some reprieve in the middle of your day. Um, that's going to be really important. If you aren't married and know, like I said, I know some of us aren't married or some of you guys aren't married. Um, that's a little bit harder. So that might be something along the lines of, well, maybe there is, um, you know, one or two days a week where you do just like you take your kids to the park and, but you always treat yourself to a coffee on the way there and you get your coffee and you bring a book and every other day or every two days, something like that, you go to the park for a prolonged period of time, you get your coffee, maybe you treat kids to Chick-fil-A or something like that. And you just do something that's going to make it easier on you for with and use the resources that you have. It may not be exactly what you want. It may not be, you know, that dream scenario that you wish you could do right now. Trust me. I wrestle with this all the time. My dream scenario is to have my kids in a program two to three days a week, at least for half the time so that I can have time in the middle of the day, but that's just not possible right now. So I've got to work with what I have. You've got to work with what you have. And even though it's not the most ideal situation, it is really going to help. It's going to help to keep the amount of times that you feel burned out a little bit more at bay. It will still happen because it's inevitable, but it will keep it at bay. It will keep you feeling like you're in the driver's seat and give yourself permission to do, to do things for yourself or to, to not do something, to not cook a fancy meal, to, you know, to make sandwiches instead of chicken for dinner or order the pizza or whatever it is that you need to do for you. Like you got to survive and and a happy mom is, is better than a stressed out mom. A happy mom with like with pizza is better than a stressed out mom with the most perfect dinner. Right. So I think a lot of it is too just like reevaluating priorities and deciding for ourselves, like, what is it that I'm forcing myself to do? Because I think I have to, because it makes me a a quote unquote perfect mom, like on Instagram versus 
what do I really need to do? That's going to be best for the health of myself and the health of, and the health of my children. And as long as you're making decisions from that lens, I really think that you can't, you can't go wrong, you know? Yes. I am loving all of these solutions that you just gave because I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, it's been a minute since I put together some, some activities for the kids so that I can have them ready because it never fails. It always catches me off guard the days that I'm like, not feeling like, you know, the best mom ever. And having those, um, those activities like ready to go really does help. Cause I used to go over to the dollar spot and it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, it's been a while since I did that. And then also too, like working with your spouse, if you do have that so that, you know, you don't have to do everything by yourself. Cause that's one thing that I'm really like trying to push myself on more is like reminding myself, like you don't have to do everything. Like it's right. okay. If someone else does it in like all aspects of my life at work, at home, with my kids, like I don't have to do everything. And so um, I love, love, love that you brought that up because it, I don't know where this whole super mom concept comes up, but I remember distinctly having a conversation with this one particular mom and I was telling her like, oh yeah, like this was before I was teaching myself, you know, you don't have to do everything yourself. I was telling her, you know, well, we all have the same 24 hours a day as Beyonce. So I should be able to get this stuff done. And she was like, yeah, but you don't have the same team as Beyonce. And I was like, Okay, point taken. <laughs> like it really right. does make a difference when you do have that help and support. So I'm loving that you brought all that up. And I just want to add to like moms, especially at home moms, hire help. Like if you can, I know not everybody can, but like I am for the first time ever investing in a mother's helper. Not very expensive. She's a teenage girl. She's going to start coming over on Mondays for four hours a day. In that four hours, I'm going to get more work done in my business than I've ever had been able to get done possible. And it's going to be beautiful. Why? Because again, we can't do everything ourselves, right? So even if it's because you need to work or you just need a break, you need to, you know, go watch a movie, whatever the case may be. Mother's helpers are beautiful because they are, excuse me, they are, um, they're typically like younger you know, teenage, sometimes college age, either homeschooled kids or kids that learn virtually, something like that, which a lot of our kids are doing that right now in the middle of a pandemic, looking for a little side gig, looking for some extra cash. You are still at home. So it's not a full on nanny, but it's somebody that you can just hire to help out. They can help with the dishes sometimes or whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you've agreed to, you know, you have an, a relationship with their parents and it's a great job for them because it teaches them like it's kind of like a first job kind of thing. It teaches them how to take care of kids. Um, so it's usually a girl, you know what I'm saying? And then of course, um, you know, it gives you a break too. So, you know, yes, of course we're in the middle of a pandemic, but at the same time, like we're also in the middle of a mental health crisis because of everything the pandemic has done. And I really had to just fight through like the negative, like, oh my goodness, like my mom thinks I should wait. And my in-laws don't think it's safe right now because of the pandemic. But you know what? Like I'm not safe right now because my mental health with me having been home for a year, like we moved. I talk about this in one of my recent podcast episodes. We moved and then the world shut down. I literally just been in this house since we moved. It was literally this time last year that we moved and the world shut down like shortly after that. So it's been difficult. Like even with everything in place, it's still been difficult. And so it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need to hire, I need to hire some help. And so it's not that expensive to have a mother's helper, um, you know, go through COVID protocols, take your temperature every day, wear a mask, do whatever you have to do. Um, if you're able to hire a nanny, do it because, you know, it's, that's more safe than, you know, maybe like something else, like maybe it's like a, more like a, a 
facility, but at the same time, like, you know what, daycare facilities right now are also taking really great protocols. They are going above and beyond. They're cleaning their facilities. They're socially distancing the kids. They've got, they're, they're doing a really good job and we're not hearing about like outbreaks at a ton of daycare centers. So I know that there have been some, and of course, like that, that you're taking a risk either way. It's kind of like a risk, like six and one half and a half doesn't on the other. You're either taking a risk for your mental health or you're taking a risk for your for your, um, for your physical health. But I think that you can maybe just, you know, pray about it, ask your husband if you're married, but what, what is one thing that you can do? Is it just, is it a, is it a program? Is it a mother's helper? Is it a cleaner that you can hire that comes in once or twice a month or something along those lines where you can give yourself hired, consistent breaks? Cause even though I work with my husband on things, I'm going to still do that. I'm going to still have evenings where my husband helps me out as well. Four hours a week on a Monday is going to be great, but it's still not going to be enough. We need to have a combination of these things in our corner to be able to give us those breaks and that help and things of that nature that we need. And it's not possible. It's literally not possible, nor, nor do I think it's enough to just do the routines with the quiet time and a trade-off with your husband. That's, that's good maintenance, but that's not like that's not the full solution. The full solution is a combination of these things where we have, you know, support on the, the childcare end over here, or, or maybe it's a mother's helper over here, or maybe it's, you know, a part-time preschool solution over here, whatever that looks like for you. But you need a combination of things like the full on like solution. And I think, you know, we're getting to the point now where you know, yeah, whatever feels good for you as far as the pandemic is concerned, like, you know, do what feels safe. But I, I think that we we all need to give ourselves permission to just like say, you know what, like my mental health matters too. And I think that this is something that if I if you can make it work financially and you can be safe, I, I think that we should just start normalizing hiring more help for moms at home. Like pandemic or not, like higher help. It's, it is okay to have someone come over and help you with your children and help you with your housework because you are one person and you can't do it all. And that's okay. You know? Yes. Yes. I totally agree. And it's funny because I remember, I think early, yeah, I think I had still had my first son. I hadn't had my second son yet. And I remember I went to this dermatologist who, oh my gosh, he, he was a piece of work, but he said something that kind of like really ticked me off. But at the same time he was right. And when I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, he kind of had a point, but he, I was having issues with my hands. My hands were breaking out. And he was telling me like, you can't wash the dishes. You can't clean. Like you need to stop doing that. Cause that's what's causing it to flare up. And I was like, sorry, like I, I got a young child and I have a husband, like I got to clean up. And he's like, you're like, um, he, well, he didn't say <laughs> how much I was making, but he was like, you're making enough money where you can hire someone to do that for you. And I was like, Burr? like, first of all, why are you over here looking at my pocketbook measuring how much money I'm making? But at the same time, he was right. Like, I don't have to do everything and right. I can't get someone else to help me with it. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times we think that we're trying to, you know, either save money or you know, we think we can't afford it, but when we really look at like how much some of the stuff costs, like it's not as much as you think, and you really can make it work if you if you're um searching for the right help. I really have found that you can find some things that are definitely within your budget. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree, and it's really all a mindset thing too. Of course, we want to be wise with our finances, but what wisdom can mean? you know, putting aside money for help, it's going to help your sanity. That's going to make you feel better as a mom versus like 
you know, maybe something else that you might be spending your money on. That's not really that, that maybe it's providing a fleeting satisfaction, but that's not actually helping you in the long run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think we, we, we justify things based off of like, you know, like, like dollars and cents, like, oh, well, you know, I feel good, right? I, I feel okay buying these $15 pair of jeans right now. Oh, I'm so excited. That's fine too. Not saying that you can't do that. Um, but at the end of the day, are those, is that pair of jeans going to help you feel better overall as far as like what, as far as what you need when it comes to your mental health with handling everything and having space and time to breathe so that you can show up better for your kids. Like, again, I'm not saying that those jeans aren't a good investment because you could be like, you know what, these jeans are going to make me feel better in my body. Hey, I did that too. I went ahead and invested in some jeans that I would feel good in my body because I didn't like the way my, my jeans fit. So, you know, there's that anything that's really going to help you with your mental health, I think is actually, you know, going to be a good investment. But I do sometimes think that we are, we, we really block ourselves. We have a lot of mental blocks, a lot of passed down mental blocks, a lot of false, um, false, I guess the word is just re- realities of, of, or false something. I don't know exact false messaging, I guess, of what, of, of money mindset and how to spend our money and how to be good stewards. So we think as much, as long as I save all my money, I'm being a good steward of my finances. Well, yes. But if that means that, you know, you're, you're struggling and you're, you're doing everything yourself at the sake of, of saving all this money, but like you are sacrificing your mental health and you're falling apart and you are barely, you're barely keeping it together, but Hey, you save money. Is that really doing you any good? You know what I mean? So I I really had to wrestle with that myself and, and say, okay, well, you know, no, it's not in the budget right now. Like, like feasibly it's not in the budget right now for me to hire some sort of like, you know, part-time nanny per se, but there's all, there was a solution of a mother's helper that fits really nicely into our budget. Um, And I had to do some research. I had to find someone that, you know, was, was a price that I could afford and speak with her mom. And really all it took was me just putting a post out on a Facebook group that was for the moms in my area. And I found somebody and, and it was, the price was great. And I prayed about it and God provided. So um, yeah, I, I just think it's really important to just, you know, there's just so, there's so much mindset stuff that us moms are constantly wrestling with. And we just think, again, the more we do ourselves, the more we save, the more that we put on ourselves, the better we are, the better, the, the, the more we succeeded, but did we really, really what we need to do is re rewrite what our definition of success is and start writing a narrative of success that is, that is built on our wellness and our, our, like, yeah, our mental and physical wellness and our spiritual wellness versus we succeeded today because look at everything that I did. Yay me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm totally with you on all of that. Now you have given us a lot of really great tips actually giving me some encouragement and motivated me <laughs> to um, do some <laughs> things to help so I don't get drained with my kids. Yes. So yes. thank you for giving us all of that. Now, before we sign off, I wanted you to just share where we can connect with you if we want to learn more about you or just get more of what you have, because you have a lot of really great things to share with us. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me. I love to hang out on Instagram. So that's at Caroline J, the letter J Sumlin. I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes because it's not a common last name. (laughs) 
I wish it was. I wish I was just like Johnson or something like that. It would be so much easier. But Caroline J. Selman is where I'm at on Instagram. I love to hang out there. So come give me a follow. Come give me a shout. Um, and you can also go to my website, carolinejsumlin.com. I've got a lot of resources there for you. Or click the link in my bio on Instagram. There you can sign up for my free Manage All the Things Challenge. It's a f- free five-day challenge where I teach you literally how to manage all the things, how to get your priorities in order, how to um, create a routine that will work well for you. Um, I also have a really great Thrive at Home guide, which is a um, a workbook filled with planning templates that are curated specifically for you to be able to plan and curate um, your day and week at home during this pandemic. So it's, it's actually meant for you to figure out how do I plan well for my days at home? What kind of activities am I planning for my kids? What, um, how am I going to plan my work tasks around my kids' routines? And with that also comes a tutorial video as well. That's in my shop and um, you can just, that's actually just 27 bucks. You can just grab that in my shop as well. I also have free monthly coffee chats that I'm starting to host actually um, just, just recently. So you can sign up for those coffee chats at the link in my bio as well or on my website, it, it, that'll pop up for you. Um, and that's just a time for us to connect, to hang out, to literally just drink coffee together, share. And then lastly, I have a membership community for malas and that's called the met for motherhood academy and in that academy i teach you how to manage motherhood with efficiency and intention so you can make room for what matters most so that's that's literally everything that i have (laughs) awesome awesome yes and i will make sure to include all of those links in the show notes thank you thank you so much for coming on this has been so awesome yes thank you so much for having me i appreciate it Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links and show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash podcast. And do me a favor, if you know that there is a mama out there that could really use this message, please share it with them because this is not something that you want to keep to yourself. Because remember, sharing is caring. So share this with a mom friend of yours and I will greatly appreciate it. Now that's it for this week. I'll catch you again next week for another full episode. Remember to tune in on Thursdays for Mommy Talk Thursdays. Remember, those are some really quick episodes that I just want to make sure that I give you a little tidbit of something to help you get through the week. So check me out there on Thursdays. We'll be back here again on Tuesday for another full episode. Take care and with lots of love.